How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about. Basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello. Thursday night, Colin Dunlap with you. Text line, hit us there. Brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, personal injury law firm, where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. I'm with you till 10.30. Hour from now, Jeff Hathorne, who you just heard. I want to talk Steelers with him. And Mike Warfield, who is the coach of the Al Equipa Quips, coming your way at the end of the 8 o'clock hour. I need to uh, talk to him at the end of the 8 o'clock hour, so that is all good because there is – Lots happening with those quips. But let's start here. 412-928-9370. That's 412-928-9370. Hit me there on the phone line or the text line or Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia uh, in Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. What is success? Right? What is success? That's the question for you on this mighty fine and mighty cold Thursday evening. The cold caught me by surprise. I had to bring the heavy jacket out. I probably already should have had it out, but I brought the heavy, 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 like Saskatchewan jacket out for the jaunt across the parking lot tonight. But what is success? You know, we can talk and plenty have about the past with the Pittsburgh Steelers. We can talk and probably almost just as many have talked about the future in a lot of its circles around the quarterback position. And I'll just be honest with you. I'm quarterback talked out. I'm quarterback listened out. I've had too much of it, right? But what is success? Because I want to talk about the now. I want to talk about the immediacy. I want to talk about the moment, if you will. What is success? The Pittsburgh Steelers are 9-7 and seven right now. They got one left in snowy Maryland on Saturday evening, we'll call it. 4.30 kickoff time on ABC, don't forget, against Baltimore, a Baltimore team that is depleted by choice because, well, they're not going to play all their guys, in particular in particular, their quarterback, right, uh, Lamar Jackson. So from this point starting Saturday at 4.30, what's success? Is it a playoff win moving forward? Is it making the playoffs, finding a way, getting the abacus out, winning or losing even, twisting it around, figuring it away, this team beats that team, the other team loses to this team, there's not a tie, so you find your way into the playoffs, bang, success. The Pittsburgh Steelers have had success. Is it a playoff run? Is it you get into the playoffs and you advance, you win? Is it already happened is it this football team are you ready for this having another winning season non-losing season if you will under Mike Tomlin what is success for you because there's no right answer it's a matter of opinion for me and I hold steadfast to this 
I said it when I was at St. Vincent way back. Nothing is success this year without a playoff victory. That's the bare minimum. That's the floor. That's the bottom, right? And it's a shaky floor, too. I, I go into that begrudgingly. A shaky floor like the very end of Noah's Ark at Kennywood. You know what I mean? So if they win a playoff game, I'm all right with calling that success. I'm not thrilled by it, but I have to stick with what I said before the season. That's success for me. I have a lot of high aspirations for the Pittsburgh Steelers and always do. I drive too hard of a bargain. And if you ever listen to my show, and by the way, Colin Dunlap with you till 1030. If you ever listen to my show, you know that the bargain that I drive is pretty high. And I'd probably like to say into this microphone right now, success is an AFC title, a trip to the Super Bowl, or nothing else. But then you kind of get laughed out of the room. They say, come on. Not every team can do that every year. And, you know, I'll pull it back some. I get it. I understand. And I don't want to be labeled as being a spoiled sports fan as I have. You know, I I, 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 I I, need and I want excellence. But I'm told in this day and age, you're not allowed to do that anymore. Right? You've got to dial it back some. So a playoff win is success for me. The Pittsburgh Steelers, no matter how you go ahead and you define success, though, we're in the now. We're in the moment. We're in the immediacy of something still yet to be decided. That success is able to be hinged right now. I think that everybody looks at this, no matter what your definition of success is for the 2023 season, it's now 2024, and you can't say they failed yet. I don't think that anybody walked into this season and said, 17-0, and AFC North champions, or it's a failure. Or you may have. You may have said a division championship is all that I'll accept, or it's not success. Right? Right? I don't know that to be the case, and that's why I'm asking you. But for me, it's rather simple, and it's still attainable. So that's, I think, probably the big talking point. There have been like the, a roller coaster. It has been up, it has been down, it has been sideways, it has been all around. There have been times I've worn a bag on my head and wanted to fire the coach. There have been times I've walked away from a game and said, okay, maybe they can be okay. But still as we stand on this fourth day of January, that success that I put out there in a carrot that I dangled, it can still be attained. Do I think they'll get there? No. But it could still be attained right now. It's an uphill battle. I don't think they'll make the playoffs, let alone win a playoff game. But it can still be had. The door isn't all the way closed. That's the crazy part. And then that gets into the bigger conversation. That's why I think the Pittsburgh Steelers in full form for the people who say, well, they haven't done, like me, they haven't done enough in the playoffs. I think there are certain people in that facility who say, look, we've already had success. We're in the mix. Even in the most in-the-mix NFL season there seemingly ever has been, we're in the mix. We're able to attain that success. We're able to be right there. We might be able to reach out and grab it. We get a couple breaks on Saturday with Mason Rudolph as our quarterback and then go into a playoff game, and who knows what can happen. It's a crapshoot. It is that single elimination tournament, as Mike Tomlin likes to say. But success for me is simply defined. It truly is. 
it's defined as, at the very least, a playoff win for this team. What is it for you? 412-928-9370. That's 412-928-9370. Penguin game on one channel. Stony Brook and Northeastern basketball on the other channel. Let me just say this. Northeastern, or is it Stony Brook? Yeah, Northeastern is at home. They've got one of those basketball courts that is like gray in the middle and two tones of gray. and It's like the Brooklyn Nets court kind of where it looks like a video game. Every single one of them I love. I love. There are some people that can't stand those kind of courts and it plays games with their eyes or whatever. I love those kind of courts. They give you like that 3D effect. Give it to me. Jim's in Monroeville. Hi, Jim. Thank you for taking my call. Um, you know, to answer your question about success, I think a postseason game is success. But I, I want to talk about something. I, I don't know if this has been expressed about Tomlin's winning seasons. I feel like it's been under attack for the past year. And I think I have an argument to make that says, you know, why it's important that he's had this illustrious career here with winning seasons. And I, I, I want to point out that it's Can you first North. define success and answer the question, Jim? Okay, so success, I think it's – you're talking about what I think the success would be for the Steelers this year, correct? Correct, because they are at a point where I think, unless you said going into the season that success has to be an AFC North division championship, your success is still alive. There's still a pilot light lit to reach that success. I agree to that. You know, so I think success is getting to the postseason and winning a postseason game with the third string backup. How many head coaches can say that? How many head coaches have, you know, have had a third-string backup come in and play as well as we've seen Mason do with no offensive coordinator, you know, a make-Duke offensive coordinator, obviously. But, I mean, you want to talk about the, the, the issues that this team has had to face, the obstacles. I mean, yeah, I think that's success getting to the postseason um, when everybody was saying, you know, we're, we're going to be in fourth place this year or, or at least – that was the assumption. Uh, if it wasn't us, it was going to be the Browns. Got it. Um, Good stuff. Well, Miami almost did it last year with that quarterback, and they had to cobble it together at the very end of the season. Now on to your point, though, about Tomlin and the AFC North. Yeah, you know, look, I, when we talk about the AFC North, the Bengals were just in the Super Bowl. Obviously, the Browns are the only uh, tainted team in the division, but they, they look good now. And the Steelers, you know, obviously two Super Bowls. Um three visits, two Super Bowl wins, uh, and then the Ravens, two Super Bowls, and they are a contender every year. John Harbaugh is a great head coach, and before Lewis was gone, he had a winning re- He was a winning coach, and now they have uh, the Bengals, they have Zach Taylor, who is, you know, I, I think it's still too early to say how good he's going to be, but as long as Joe Burrow's there, I mean, this division, come on, I mean, it's look at all these teams' records, they're with the exception of the Bengals, if they had Burrow, we're talking about a division where you can realistically have all winning teams. No, you could, or you could have all the teams jumbled right there and kind of running through that ringer, and that's the thing. I don't necessarily – I'm not somebody sold big time on the long-term future of the Cincinnati Bengals. They are 8-8. Eight and eight. They're going to finish in the bottom probably. Well, they are. They're going to finish in the bottom. They're going to miss the playoffs. They're a team, and they go as the quarterback's health goes. Now, a lot of teams do that, but whenever they do start to need to pay people who aren't named the quarterback, I don't necessarily know how good they are. I made the prediction, and I stick by it, that it was a trip to the Super Bowl. 
uh, for Joe Burrow, just like Dan Marino. I don't think he'll ever get back. I don't think he'll push his way through that bracket. And I think the AFC, just by virtue of so many quarterbacks, is such a gauntlet that I don't see him getting back in his career. But that's that. But what is success? That's what I want to talk about with you. 412-928-9370. That's 412-928-9370. Joel Nelson producing tonight. Joel, I look up. I was uh, looking down at my notes here. I look up, and I already see the Penguins are down one nothing. What happened there, fella? I know. I saw the same thing. Uh, Brad Marchand with an early goal for Boston. Big fan here in Pittsburgh. Everybody is of Brad Marchand. Uh, so many people really like him. He's clamoring out to buy his jersey. He's He's got to be one of the least favorite opposing players on any team that any Pittsburgh team plays. Him and uh, Tom Wilson of Washington, too. Certainly. They just do not like him. So, anyway, 412-928-9370. What is success, and can it still be had? Also, I have a question, because any time that you play the Baltimore Ravens, it's going to be like a three-point game, right? It just seems like since the time that they moved to Baltimore, since the time that they became a franchise, since the time they started playing the Steelers again, and they weren't the Colts, but they were the Ravens, that they're all three-point games. And by virtue of that and proximity and just the way that those Ray Lewis teams and all those uh, those matchups were, people love to call them a rivalry. And the NFL loves to latch on to that. Are they the Steelers' biggest rival? You'll be surprised by my answer. That's coming up next. Don't miss Jeff Hathorne coming up at 8 o'clock. Fan Hotline, hit us there. Presented by Super, Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing and HVAC provider for over 50 years. Again, your number, 412-928-9370 here on the fan. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours. Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Joel, did you do an update? Yes, but before Would you like to do another one? Control. <laughs> yes. Tell, tell me what's happening at this hockey game here. I haven't I haven't seen everything, but apparently it's two to two. I don't know how it happened, but it's well, two I to two. I could have told you that by looking at the score. You don't have much more in depth information, Joel. Drew O'Connor had the first goal for the Penguins. Uh huh. And then David Posnock scored the second goal for Boston. Uh huh. Uh, I'm making you it. guess. I haven't, I haven't seen the score at the Gensel second goal scored. for Pittsburgh. I believe Gensel, Gensel scored. Half yeah. off shakes. So <laughs> there you go. All right. All squared away. So it's 2-2. It's yes. And they've played, I don't know, four minutes, eight minutes. Not, no, like five minutes, I think, right? It's going to end up being one of those seven to five games. I don't think so. I think it's going to end 2-2. I think we've seen it all. <laughs> what Would that be a disappointment or what? If we've seen it all already? That would have been... 
I don't know. It'll be so. It goes to overtime or a shootout. Yeah. yeah, there you are. Vacations begin here at the Pittsburgh Travel Showcase, presented by AAA Travel, January 19th through the 21st at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center. All right, your calls 412-928-9370. Don't forget Jeff Hathorne, top of the hour. Mike Warfield, coach of the Aliquippa Quips. He joins at the end of the 8 o'clock hour. I got to talk to him because his program's getting the screws put to him by the PIAA, who I can't stand at this point. I used to think the PIAA somewhat dealt in logic, and now they just traffic in nonsense. Oh, I also need to tell you that uh, there are exclusive discounts and convenient one-stop shopping tickets at PittsburghTravelShowcase.com, where your adventure is waiting for you. That's the second part of that read. Um, You know, I fall in a weird, a very weird age bracket. Now that I'm 47 years old, right? Yeah, that's right. I'm 47. It's uh, it's, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. Yes, 47 years old. I just turned. I think the Browns are the Steelers' biggest rival. I know I get laughed out of the building by a lot of people when I say that. Because here's why. There's been an evolution to this, but I've, I've always remained. Okay? So... Whenever I was coming up, and well, it still is. Here's why. So, first of all, it's proximity. Okay? It is the closest. It is right there. And from a geographical standpoint, you know, like, there we are. Second, I remember when there were Browns. I remember the 95 season when they went 5-11 and and then there wasn't another team. I remember when Belichick coached them and lost to the Steelers in the divisional playoff game in 94, right? When the Steelers beat him, it was like, I don't know, 29 to 10 or something like that, okay? I remember the Browns when the Browns were, uh, you know, won 10 games in 88 and won 11 games in 94 and then shut them down between 96 and 98 and then came back in 99. I, I remember all of that. So all that being said, I think I fall into an interesting age group where, while I'm not old, I remember the Browns the first time around and how hated they were by people in Pittsburgh. So that's the first part of it. The Cleveland Browns, okay? Geographically, they are there. They're close. Two, the cities are pretty much alike. And three, I can remember when the Browns and the Steelers kind of went back and forth and played in a playoff game before the North Cut game and all of that. And while the Browns never really had the upper hand, it felt like the games were closer and more even because the Steelers were down, right, in through the 80s. So I can remember all of that. When Marty Schottenheimer was the coach there, when Kevin Mack was a rookie of the year, all that kind of stuff. When Michael Dean Perry was a defensive player of the year, all that kind of stuff. I can remember that. For me, they they hold true as a gigantic rival and the Steelers' biggest rival. Now, for people younger than me, and this is where I didn't waver, although some people's change, and I don't mind, you can have your opinion, whatever it is, but I think some people's opinion changed as different variables changed, and that's this. Whenever Ray Lewis came in, Whenever the Ravens came in, whenever they got good, whenever Ed Reed and those guys were there, whenever they would knock the hell out of each other, there were a lot of people who, one, never lived through the Browns, they were just too young, or two, saw that as rough and tumble and mean and nasty, they shifted their opinion to, all right, 
the Ravens are the Steelers' biggest rival. And I just, I never did that. I always held true to Cleveland being the Steelers' biggest rival. There are also some people, if you would ask them, and I think this number is dwindling each year, but there was a time in which, and it was especially at its high peak, uh, well, that's redundant, it was just especially at its peak during the perfect years, that some people would say maybe the Cincinnati Bengals are the Steelers' biggest rival. I think you can probably chop it down to just two. Is it the Browns or is it the Ravens? And look, I'm somebody who says the Browns, knowing all full well, full well this, that it's probably 5% of the people who say that. Probably 90-some percent of the people say the Steelers' biggest rival are the Ravens. You might catch some real old-timers who would say it's the Cowboys or it's the Raiders, right? And just for nostalgic reasons. Okay, but I don't think there's many of those people left, and I don't really think that because of how infrequently that they play, that you can call them a rival. But I will go to my grave saying the Cleveland Browns are the Steelers' biggest rival. It's just a matter of opinion, but who do you think it is at 412-928-9370? Some people say this, and this is the one notion I don't agree with. They say, well... How can a rivalry be so one-sided? How can you have a rivalry whenever one team beats a hell out of another team or one team very infrequently ever beats the other team? Well, okay. Like if Ohio State and Michigan played all kinds of times and one team beat them all kinds of times, it'd still be a rivalry. If Army and Navy played... All kinds of times. And somebody won 95% of the times, it would still be a rivalry. I don't think a rivalry is ever predicated or dependent on the results. I just don't. It can be a factor, but you don't exclude it because one team wins a bunch of times and the other team doesn't. So for me, again, it's the Browns. Here's the other part. I've been to games at all kinds of stadiums. The old Cleveland Stadium harbored and will forever harbor. Now, I have also been to Oakland, right? I can say with absolute certainty, the old Cleveland Stadium harbored the most hate. And not just sports hate, like real, honest-to-goodness human hate for Steeler fans. I never felt that way in Baltimore when I'd go to games there. Never. It was, okay, decent rivalry. It was, at times, right before the old Browns closed up shop, it was unsafe almost for a Steeler fan to go to Cleveland. Breadman, my man, happy Wednesday. Thursday, it is. Hi, Breadman. Happy Thursday. Yeah. Hey, what's up, brother? Not much. Uh, it's, hey, we're the same age. It's the Browns, dude. Even today, when I when I hear I hear the when I hear people talking about Slacko, or I'll turn the TV on and I hear somebody talking about how great the Browns are doing, it aggravates the crap out of me, and I turn the channel. I, it it will always be the Browns. I remember those games too in the '90s. I remember Kozar just killing us there for those few years in the '80s. Yeah, dude, it's the Browns. The Ravens is a nice rivalry. It's not the same. And if you really want to get nostalgic, the Ravens are actually the Browns. 
Right, exactly. You know? and, and the other part, too, as much as we're loath to admit it, I think, Breadman, sometimes, that <clears throat> Cleveland and Pittsburgh, we are one in the same. The people are a lot alike. Yes. They love their teams, and we're wired a whole lot, a whole lot similarly. I used to deliver up there for about four or five years, and it, I tell people this all the time. When they say, how could you go up there and work every day? And I just tell these people, like, look, take away the accent. It is the same person. That's what Cleveland is. Exactly. Thank you, Breadman. My man, the best. And the other part, too, I don't ever want to see Cleveland win. I want to see them lose every single game in every single sport they ever play. But I will say this. It's not compassion. That's not the right word. There is a respect is probably it. There is a sense of respect that I have for those football fans in that city for sticking with that team that long and seeing that many losses. It's kind of like how people have to look at Pirate fans, right? That that has to be the way that it is. You you have to feel a certain way for those people and say, you know, I'm not going to do it publicly, and I'm sure as hell not going to do it when I walk past you, but I'll, I'll tip my cap to you a little bit for you soldiering on with this football team. Todd's in Pittsburgh. Hi, Todd. Hey, how you doing today? I'm great. Thank you. Good. Hey, real quick question. So, you know, I listened to one of the earlier shows maybe probably a couple weeks ago that, you know, I haven't had a chance to get in through uh, the call, but you know, everybody talks about the quarterbacks and, you know, how long you need to judge whether someone's NFL ready. So when I look at, you know, they, they brought up like 24 games as a you know, it's a guideline to really get a barometer whether someone's going to be a true good NFL quarterback. And yet you see guys that are, have had more success, like Jordan Love said five years, basically. Who's the Steelers' biggest rival, really? the Browns or the Ravens or the or the Raiders or who? Oh, my God. The Raiders were in the 70s. I think the Ravens were in the 80s. And I think since then it's been Cleveland. I would go with Cleveland. Okay. <laughs> Back on task real quick. Jordan Love, continue. So all these quarterbacks, like Jordan Love sat and really, I don't think he has more than 10 career starts, and he's having a pretty pretty darn good year with a young set of quarterbacks uh, or wide receivers. And then you got Brock Purdy, who was Mr. Irrelevant, who really didn't, he got drafted in, what, the seventh round? Right. And look at all the success he's having, and he hardly has any games. Uh-huh. Mason Rudolph, I'm finally glad they gave him a chance because he, he has what maybe besides the two that he got just starts here. I mean, he had what seven, eight, nine career right. Starts. So if you're I mean, asking me the question, I think that Kenny Pickett's 25 or whatever games, uh, almost two seasons, has been enough. I, I here's the way I, I handle that in the way that I look at it. If we would have seen what we'd need to see from Kenny Pickett by this point if we knew for sure that he was going to seize the position and take it and run with it. Could he still evolve? Yes. But I haven't seen the things that I would have liked to have seen for him to grab the position and say, it's mine. Justin's in Irwin. Hi, Justin. Hey, Colin. How you doing? I'm good. I don't know. This is this is uh, interesting to me. Whenever people say, who's the Steelers' biggest rival? You know, you want to know why? Because when they do this ABC thing, Justin, and they do the lead-in, I think the game's on ABC this weekend, they'll do this big throwback thing with Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and Heinz Ward and all that kind of stuff, and they'll bill it. And they might be right, but I don't think they are. 
Yeah, I was. I, so I'm in my early 30s, and I was I was taught to hate the Browns uh, by my father. But I think where my hatred for the Ravens are is also the same as I respect the Ravens. I don't respect the Browns. Not bad. I can see where you're coming from. It's like it, 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 it's a it, it's a it, it's a fan base that you look at and you say, all right, like. If you beat us, like, okay, case in point, if the Ravens were to beat the Steelers in the AFC Championship, you could say, all right, that's fine. I can maybe find myself pulling for them. Under no circumstances could you ever pull for success for anything Cleveland. No, never, never. And uh, I will say one more thing that I'm a diehard Pitt fan and I love Kenny, but coming from me and my crew, we are also rooting for Mason to do well. So all this propaganda about Kenny and Pitt naysayers, shut up. We're rooting for Mason. We want to win. You know, that's the thing. There's been an arbitrary divide, and I think that it's largely flawed. Not all Penn State people are rooting against Kenny Pickett. Not all Pitt people are only rooting for Kenny Pickett. There are a lot of people when the uniform goes on on Sunday that just root for the black and gold, and it doesn't matter if you went to Texas A&M Kingsville, if you went to Penn State, if you went to Florida, or if you went to North Dakota. Just go out and freaking win. And I think that people who are Pitt fans or Penn State fans, they turn into Steeler fans come Sunday. Your call's next, 412-928-9370, or the fan text line, brought to you by Edgar Snyder & Associates, personal injury law firm, where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you, a surprise weather-wise, perhaps, for the Steeler game on Saturday. And more of your calls, 412-928-9370 here on The Fan. Top of the hour, Jeff Hathorne, 840. Aliquippa coach, Mike Warfield. What's going on with his program? They're bumping them up again. I don't understand it. As soon as they said they're going to have this competitive balance rule, if you win too much, you get uh, elevated a class. I, I, I said it was stupid. In, it's already it's been in play for a little bit, but it's absolutely categorically just stupid. Fan text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, personal injury law firm, where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. So the call is for some snow coming up on Saturday in the Delmarva area, right, and down in the Chesapeake area, in the in the Baltimore area where the Pittsburgh Steelers will be playing. They say at least two inches, if not more. Um, people love snow games. I don't mind them. I think they're pretty cool, right? They're all right. They're fun to watch. But I'll say this. I've been an advocate for any new stadium that there's built. And you, here, here's where people are going to laugh at me. And they're going to say, you're, you're stupid. And that's fine. People say that all the time. Any new stadium that's built should have, at the at the very least, I'm not I'm not saying it has to be, indoors it should have a retractable roof and if there is going to be rain or there is going to be snow or there is going to be okay take it take it for example that Franco Harris game that they played okay last year right around Christmas time when it was quite literally what like minus three degrees what's what's that about no nobody in their right mind really enjoys that Nobody is going to enjoy it. You're going to like it for watching, but it's silly, and it can screw up the competitive balance, right? You want teams at full form. I'm not asking for all domes. 
I'm just asking for in situations, whenever it's not ideal, right? Go ahead and eliminate a variable. I would have, and I don't, I wouldn't uh, go ahead and retrofit the ones now. I would just start with all of them. And in the ones that are already there, they can be grandfathered into not having it. But if you build a new stadium, like what's going on in Buffalo, it should have to have a retractable roof. And, and look, if it's 70 and sunny, you don't have to close it. You play outside. It's beautiful. It's nice. It's wonderful. But if there's any kind of foul weather, if it falls below a certain temperature, and if it's above a certain temperature, if it is raining, or if it's forecast to rain a certain amount, or if it snows a certain amount, like if it snows to where it's going to lay on the field, or you're going to have to shovel, yes, then you close it. That's exactly how I feel. Now, within reason, you don't close it because it's only 35 degrees. You want it open, it's open. But I am all for that, and I think it should happen. Anyway, who's the Steelers' biggest rival? Rival, excuse me. Mike's on the south side. Hi, Mike. Hey, what's up, Colin? Not much. Hey, uh- uh, so so okay yeah sorry sorry uh, so okay so the uh, so I think sneakily the Bengals are the Steelers' biggest rival and hear me out and and this is why uh, it's because uh, look they're not likely to fold anytime soon and uh, I think they do that mostly despite the Steelers because if they did then they could just be co-sired or sired by the Cleveland Browns and the Steelers would have up to nine opportunities in the regular season up to three opportunities in the postseason to beat the Cleveland Browns and. So I think it's sneakily the, the Bengals, and we really need to play the long game here. Thanks a lot. First time caller. Thank yeah, you. thank you for making the call. Truly appreciate it. I don't know. That seems to be a prisoner of the moment, right? And I can appreciate, excuse me, where he's coming from, but that is working off of the premise that Joe Burrow is going to be good. Joe Burrow is going to be good for a long time. Joe Burrow is going to be their quarterback. He's going to stay healthy. They're going to re-sign their weapons around Joe Burrow. And that the Cleveland Browns, excuse me, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to stay uh, a viable uh, top of the AFC North kind of organization for a while. And I don't know if I see that. Dave's in the rocks. Hi, Dave. Hello, Dave. Goodbye, Dave. Uh, Rev's in Baldwin. Hi, Rev. Hey, Colin. Great question. Had me think there for a minute. But the biggest thing between rivalries, uh-huh. you respect the, the Ravens. They're a good organization. But you hate your rivals. And when they're in miserable, like Cleveland's been with bad quarterback, as we always say, the Browns will always be the Browns. They can screw anything up. You love when your rivalry is miserable. Correct. There's no sense of mercy. There's no, oh, I kind of feel for the guy. Oh, man, I wish they got good so the games would be better. No, I hope they get pounded 63 to nothing every week, Rev. Yeah, and it's same as like with hockey. You hate the Flyers, but you respect the Capitals. You respect the Ravens because you expect them to be good every year and give you a good game. But your rival, you want to see them live in misery. Exactly. And there is a certain level and a modicum of respect that I have for the Baltimore Ravens. Now, do they have a statue of a guy that was caught up in probably, allegedly, a murder? Yes. Are they going to honor a guy and maybe they'll have it at the elevator for him, a domestic abuser? Yes. That, to me, is abhorrent and it's ridiculous. But other than that, there's a level of respect that I have for the Baltimore Ravens. I don't feel that same way for the Cleveland Browns. I want them to get trounced every single time they take the field. 
How about this stat at 412-928-9370? That's the number. There's a story that moved today, Pro Football Talk. The NFL games were the NFL games were the 56 most watched sporting events in 2023. NFL. So if you took, you said to me, what are the 56 most watched NFL or 56 most watched sporting events in 2023? The top 56 were all NFL games. Every single one of the top 56. Obviously, Super Bowl, then the two championships, then the divisional games mixed in with the Thanksgiving games, uh, the wild card games, the uh, Cowboys and Dolphins, Week 16 national games, and largely games that were either on Christmas or later in the year. But totally all of the top 56 sporting events were NFL games. The Steelers one that ranked the highest was... And this is last year. Wow, it wasn't even all that high. Let's see. Where was the Steelers game that ranked the highest? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Man, I don't know if they had one. Of, ooh, I'm pulling down the list here. A lot of Cowboys, a lot of Eagles, um, obviously. Man, the Steelers didn't have one in the top 50. That is wild to me. Totally wild to me. The Commander's Thanksgiving game was fifth. You know, that's a case of putting the TV on and just going about your business. But this is the bigger story with all of that. Yeah, the Steelers were – no Steeler game was in the top 50. Sheesh. Um, here's the bigger story with all of that. As NFL games were the top 56 sporting events shown. And it's this. Remember when everyone was going to stop watching when players kneeled for the anthem? Remember when – Everyone was going to stop watching when they painted end racism on the end zone. Remember when everyone was going to stop watching whenever coaches wore those hoodies to promote inclusion? Remember when everyone was going to stop watching whenever uh, people had cleats on with whatever flag you wanted on them? Remember all that? Well, they didn't stop watching. And they're never going to stop watching. And people are bluffing. The lesson to be learned here is this. There's a lot of very loud, squeaky wheels. A lot of people that like to do a lot of talking and really no action. That's the case. It really is. There's all these people that yell and scream and want to tell you all about it. On social media or otherwise. Or down at the bar. You know, you seen that in, we're like way past Kaepernick and all that kind of stuff, but you seen them guys. I told you I'll never watch. Okay. You're not watching. Well, three more people became fans and five other people were born and they started watching the NFL. So go ahead and hold your grudge. Go ahead and don't watch the NFL. Go ahead and do what you want Sunday at 1:30 in the afternoon, because I'll tell you this. There's going to be a lot of sports on, whether it is baseball, whether it is the NBA, whether it's the NHL, whether it's college football, college basketball, whatever, ski jumping, I don't care what it is. Make a list in the top 56 things that are sports, NFL games. So somebody's watching and somebody's watching in big form. On top of that, 
they're watching in different ways than they've ever watched in terms of the delivery platforms, streaming, different ways you get it on your computer. It's being delivered all different ways. There are people that lay on their bed and watch Amazon Prime on their phone. Oh, I can't hold my phone like that. I have it right on the TV. It's much easier like that. But lesson learned out of all of this. I don't know if a panic set in. I don't know if you ignored it. I don't know how you handled it. Whenever people looked at things and said, oh, I'm never watching again. Well, it just was never going to be the case. People were going to tune in, and that was going to be the case. That is for sure. 412-928-9370. That's 412-928-9370. Joel, did the first period end? I'm not to give away your update that's coming up in eight minutes, but did the first period end? I think it did. I've got to take, sorry, I've Joel, got to take another look. What do you, wait a minute. We need to talk I'm a little bit. I'm not very focused on that. No, 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 no. What are you doing back there? You've got all kind of moving parts back there? What's happening? Yeah, all kind of moving parts. Yeah? Well, tell me. It, yeah. it, fill me in. Fill me in. Notes and filling out, you know, just each uh, segment, what we talked about briefly. Yes, end of the first period, 4-2 Penguins. Okay, 4-2. So six goals already. Six goals in the first period. Was it the over-under, like five and a half, probably? Six and a half, yeah. Six, it's six it's and a half. still going to, yes. Well, you don't know that. They may not score that again. That would be absolutely brutal okay. if they didn't. All right. Anyway, uh, top of the hour, Jeff Hathorne. We'll talk to him. Uh, don't forget Aliquippa coach Mike Warfield. We have to talk to him in the 8 o'clock hour because what's going on with that program, the PIAA, is just they're making a, a gigantic mistake. And I don't know. Look, and I've got a lot to say about this, which I'll get into after I talk to Coach Warfield coming up at about 8.40. Fan weather right now. That's brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Uh, 2024 starts with great incentives on the Trailblazer, Blazer, Equinox, and Silverado. And visit sunchevy.com. Tonight, partly cloudy, low of 22. Friday, that sun, it turns to clouds. High of 36, low of 29. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles. And Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is Electrified Diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. 
So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.